Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, which is published by our dear friends at the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net, where if you mouse to the link at top for online edition, you'll see the link to read A Course in Miracles OE. On that same drop-down, there's an option to subscribe to have both the daily text reading and the lesson for the day sent to you from the Course in Miracles Society. My name is Lori Cameron. This call is Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.45 a.m. Eastern. And today we continue our reading of Chapter 20, The Promise of the Resurrection, with Section 6, Heralds of Eternity. We're also mindful of our lesson today. Lesson 229. Love which created me is what I am. And by way of opening this morning, I'd love to share another poem from Teresa of Avila, which I think speaks very well to heralds of eternity. It's called Concepts, A Jar We Break. Anxious to see you, I died to the world. Hearing your voice at the city's edge, at the horizon of form and space, how could I then notice anything hands made? How could I adore or suffer time? Anxious to hold you, I forgot myself completely. But you did not care about the way I came to look. I mean, your shape and mine. What were those? The seed husk that falls because it could not contain our mingled feet. Anxious to see you, our souls became your glory, our eyes became your fire. All concepts of God are like a jar we break because only the infinite can contain our perfect love. Amen. 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 Lovely. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Laurie. Oh, that was beautiful, Laurie. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I love that one too. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Uh huh. All right, my friends. Here's our reading list this morning. We have Lee, Lemoyne, Yvonne. Jessica, Fran, and Lila, and we're joined in listening this morning by Judy and Diana and Robin Marie. Um, who else has joined us would like to say good morning or be on the reading list? Good morning. It's Karen. I can read. Oh, good morning, Karen. Thank you. Thank you. And um, Micah and Roz, and uh, Micah can fo- be glad to follow Karen there. All righty. Thank you. Okay, we have a beautiful little compliment this morning to start in Chapter 20, The Promise of the Resurrection, with Section 6, Heralds of Eternity. Uh, paragraph 37. In this world... God's Son comes closest to himself in a holy relationship. 
There he begins to find the certainty his father has in him. And there he finds his function of restoring his father's laws to what was held outside them and finding what was lost. Only in time can anything be lost and never lost forever. So do the parts of God's Son gradually join in time and with each joining is the end of time brought nearer. Each miracle of joining is a mighty herald of eternity. No one who has a single purpose, unified and sure, can be afraid. No one who shares his purpose with him can not be one with him. Lee. Chapter 20, The Promise of the Resurrection, Section 6, Heralds of Eternity. In this world, God's Son comes closest to himself in a holy relationship. There he begins to find the certainty his Father has in him. And there he finds his function of restoring his Father's laws to what was held outside them and finding what was lost. Only in time can anything be lost and never lost forever. So do the parts of God's Son gradually join in time and with each joining is the end of time brought nearer. Each miracle of joining is a mighty herald of eternity. No one who has a single purpose, unified and sure, can be afraid. No one who shares his purpose with him cannot be one with him. 38. Each herald of eternity sings of the end of sin and fear. Each speaks in time of what is far beyond it. Two voices raised together call to the hearts of every one and let them beat as one. And in that single heartbeat is the unity of love proclaimed and given welcome. Peace to your holy relationship, which has the power to hold the unity of the Son of God together. You give to one another for every one, and in your gift is every one made glad. Forget not who has given you the gifts you give, and through your not forgetting this, will you remember who gave the gifts to him to give to you. Thank you, Lee and Lemoyne. Each herald of of eternity sings of the end of sin and fear. Each speaks in time of what is far beyond it. Two voices raised together call to the hearts of everyone and let them beat as one. 
And in that single heartbeat is the unity of love proclaimed and given welcome. Peace to your holy relationship, which has the power to hold the unity of the Son of God together. You give to one another for everyone, and in your gift is everyone made glad. Forget not who has given you the gifts you give, and through your not forgetting this, will you remember who gave the gifts to him to give to you. It is impossible to overestimate your brother's value. Only the ego does this, but all it means is that it wants the other for itself and therefore values him too little. What is inestimable clearly cannot be evaluated. Do you recognize the fear that rises from the meaningless attempt to judge what lies so far beyond your judgment you cannot even see it? Judge not what is invisible to you, or you will never see it, but wait in patience for its coming. It will be given you to see your brother's worth when all you want for him is peace, and what you want for him you will receive. Thank you, Lemoyne and Devon. Thank you, Lori. How can... Oh, I'm, I'm at 39, sorry. Yeah, 39. It is impossible to overestimate your brother's value. Only the ego does this. But all it means is that it wants the other for itself and therefore values him too little. What is inestimable clearly cannot be evaluated. Do you recognize the fear that rises from the meaningless attempt to judge what lies so far beyond your judgment, you cannot even see it? Judge not what is invisible to you, or you will never see it. But wait in patience for its coming. It will be given you to see your brother's worth when all you want for him is peace. And what you want for him, you will receive. How can you estimate the worth of him who offers peace to you? Read that again. How can you estimate the worth of him who offers peace to you? What would you want except his offering? His worth has been established by his father, and you will recognize it as you receive his father's gift through him. What is in him will shine so brightly in your grateful vision that you will merely love him and be glad. You will not think to judge him, for who would see the face of Christ and yet insist that judgment still has meaning? For this insistence is of those who do not see. Vision or judgment is your choice, but never both of these. Thank you. Thank you, Yvonne. And Jessica. 40. How can you estimate the worth of 
peace to me. What would you want except his offerings? His word has been established by his father, and you will recognize it as you receive his father's gift through him. What is in him will shine so brightly in your grateful vision that you will merely love him and be glad. You will not think to judge him, for who would see the face of Christ and yet insist that judgment still has meaning? For this insistence is of those who do not see. Vision or judgment is your choice, but never both of these. Your brother's body is as little use to you as it is to him. When it is used only as the Holy Spirit teaches, it has no function. For minds need not the body to communicate. The sight that sees the body has no use which serves the purpose of a holy relationship. And and while you look upon each other thus, the means and end have not been brought in line. Why should it take so many holy instants to let this be accomplished? Oops. Uh, when one would do, there is but one. The little breath of eternity that runs through time like golden light is all the same. Nothing before it, nothing afterwards. Thank you, Jessica. And Fran. 41. Your brother's body is as little use to you as it is to him. When it is used only as the Holy Spirit teaches, it has no function. For minds need not the body to communicate. The sight that sees the body has no use which serves the purpose of a holy relationship. And while you look upon each other thus, the means and none have not been brought in line. Why should it take so many holy instants to let this be accomplished when one would do? There is but one. The little breath of eternity that runs through time like golden light is all the same. Nothing before it, nothing afterwards. 42. You look upon holy instant as a different point in time. It never changes. All it has ever held or will ever hold is here right now. The past takes nothing from it, and the future will add no more. Here, then, is everything. Here is the loveliness of your relationship with means and end in perfect harmony already. Here is the perfect faith that you will one day offer to each other already offered you. And here the limitless forgiveness you will give each other already given, the face of Christ you yet will look upon already seen. Thank you, Fran. And Lena. Okay, 42. You look upon each holy instant as a different point in time. It never changes. All that is ever held or will ever hold is right now, is here right now. The past takes nothing from it and the future will add no more. Here, then, is everything. Here is the loveliness of your relationship 
with means and ends in perfect harmony already. Here is the perfect faith that you will one day offer to each other already offered you. And here, the limitless forgiveness you will give each other already given. The face of Christ you yet will look upon already seen. Can you evaluate the giver of a gift like this? Would you exchange this gift for any other? This gift returns the laws of God to your remembrance. And merely by remembering them, the laws that held you prisoner to pain and death must be forgotten. This is no gift your body... I'm sorry, this is no gift your brother's body offers you. The veil that hides the gift hides him as well. He is the gift, and yet he knows it not. No more do you, and yet have faith that he who sees the gift in both of you will offer and receive it for you both, and through his vision will you see it and through his understanding, recognize it and love it as your own. Thank you, Layla. And Karen. 43. Can you evaluate the giver of a gift like this? Would you exchange this gift for any other? This gift returns the laws of God to your remembrance. And merely by remembering them, the laws that held you prisoner, pain and death, must be forgotten. This is no gift your brother's body offers you. The veil that hides the gift hides him as well. He is the gift, and yet he knows it not. No more do you, and yet, Have faith that he who sees the gift in both of you will offer it and receive it for you both. And through his vision, will you see it and through his understanding, recognize it and love it as your own. 44. Be comforted and feel the Holy Spirit watching over you in love and perfect confidence in what he sees. He knows the Son of God and shares his Father's certainty. The universe rests in his gentle hands in safety and in peace. Let us consider now what he must learn to share his Father's confidence in him. What is he that the creator of the universe should offer it to him and know it rests in safety? He looks upon himself, not as his father knows him, and yet it is impossible the confidence of God should be misplaced. Thank you, Karen. And Micah. Okay. 44. Be comforted and feel the Holy Spirit 
watching <clears throat> over you in <clears throat> excuse me okay here Micah, we go. could you could you begin again sure <laughs> i'm gonna try let's see if we can get this <laughs> done okay be comforted and feel the holy spirit watching over you in love and perfect confidence in what he sees he knows the Son of God and shares his Father's certainty. The universe rests in his gentle hands in safety and in peace. Let us consider now what he must learn to share his, father, his Father's confidence in him. What is he that the creator of the universe should offer it to him and know it rests in safety? He looks upon himself, not as his father knows him, and yet it is impossible the confidence of God should be misplaced. Thank you, Micah, <clears throat> and thank you, everyone who read. Is there anyone who's joined us who hasn't had an opportunity to read that would like to? I was thinking those first two paragraphs uh, contain so much there's not a thing that can be left out. Um, this is Sandra. <laughs> Thank you, Sandra. <laughs> I appreciate it. Do you want me to read the first two paragraphs? Uh, if you like, please. Uh-huh. Sure. Yeah. Chapter 20, The Promise of Resurrection. Part 6, Heralds of Eternity. 37. In this world, God's Son comes closest to himself in a holy relationship. There he begins to find the certainty his Father has in him, and there he finds his function of restoring his Father's laws to what was held outside them and finding what was lost. Only in time can anything be lost and never lost forever. So do the parts of God's Son gradually join in time, and with each joining is the end of time brought nearer. Each miracle of joining is a mighty herald of eternity. No one who has a single purpose unified and sure can be afraid. No one who shares his purpose with him cannot be one with him. 38. Each herald of eternity sings of the end of sin and fear. Each speaks in time of what is far beyond it. Two voices raised together call to the hearts of everyone and let them beat as one. And in that single heartbeat is the unity of love proclaimed and given welcome. Peace to your holy relationship, which has the power to hold the unity of God, of the Son of God, together. You give to one another for everyone, and in your gift is everyone made glad. 
Forget not who has given you the gifts you give, and through your not forgetting, this will you remember, who gave the gifts to him to give to you. Thank you, Sandra. Um, And then to recap the rest from that next paragraph 39. It is impossible to overestimate your brother's value. Judge not what is invisible to you or you will never see it, but wait in patience for its coming. It will be given you to see your brother's worth when all you want for him is peace and what you want for him you will receive. And from 40, what is in him will shine so brightly in your grateful vision that you will merely love him and be glad. You will not think to judge him, for who would see the face of Christ and yet insist that judgment still has meaning? For this insistence is of those who do not see. Vision or judgment is your choice, but never both of these. In paragraph 41, your brother's body is as little, is as little use to you as it is to him. When it is used only as the Holy Spirit teaches, it has no function. For minds need not the body to communicate. The sight that sees the body has no use which serves the purpose of a holy relationship. Why should it take so many instants to let this be accomplished when one would do? There is but one. The little breath of eternity that runs through time like golden light is all the same. Nothing before it, and nothing afterwards. In 42, you look upon each holy instant as a different point in time. It never changes. All that it ever held or will ever hold is here, right now. The past takes nothing from it, and the future will add no more. Here, then, is everything. Here is the perfect faith that you will one day offer to each other already offered you and hear the limitless forgiveness you will give each other already given and the face of Christ you yet will look upon already seen. 43. Can you evaluate the giver of a gift like this? Would you exchange this gift for any other? This gift returns the laws of love laws of God (laughs) to your remembrance and this is no gift your brother's body offers you the veil that hides the gift hides him as well he is the gift 44 be comforted and feel the Holy Spirit watching over you in love and perfect confidence in what he sees he knows the Son of God and shares his father's certainty The universe rests in his gentle hands in safety and in peace. Let us consider now, this is tantalizing, what he must learn to share his father's confidence in him. What is he? That the creator of the universe should offer it to him and know it rests in safety? He looks upon himself not as his father knows him, and yet it is impossible the confidence of God should be misplaced. Heralds of eternity. Amen. Force open.
Good morning. I'll jump in. Um, I, I found this section to be another one of those where just about every sentence contains a nugget, a golden nugget, uh, so helpful and so such wonderful reminders of the distinction between our holy relationships and our special relationships. <laughs> and um, I don't know if I can put this in words, what I want to convey, but I, I'll try to. Um, and I want to go back to my um, relationship with my husband uh, as I reflect back on that. Because there was, of course, my love for him and his love for me. But when we came together, there became um, a new creation of love that we shared. And that became the foundation for the relationship, um, which was inclusive of not only our love for each other, but our love for God and our love that we shared with the world and everyone in it. So that was, that was like the cement of, of the bond, uh, because it was a bond of unity. You know, it's, um, it, it really gave it a completion and a wholeness. It wasn't like my love was more than his or his love was more than mine. Um, it was an, an, a, place, a meeting place of equality within the love of God, within a state of unity and joining. And um, the other thing, when I look back on, on that holy relationship, was the circular nature of giving and receiving, which becomes apparent when I focus on giving and not getting from the relationship. As long as I am giving love to him and he's giving love to me, we are both receiving love from each other. And there's only, uh, and when I look back and reflect on any arguments we had, it was when one of us shifted from this giving mode to a getting mode, sensing a fear of loss or um, a fear of um, misunderstanding um, or a fear of getting or the need to get something. It's it like it, it interrupted that natural flow of giving and receiving and created a or not or made a disharmony or disconnection with the unity of the relationship. And in truth, you know, and even today and and I'm so blessed by so many of my loving partners and, and companions in life, um, that I see that the truth was is that all I want for them is joy and happiness and peace in however that shows up for them. You know, and I and I wouldn't hold anyone a prisoner of or limited by what I feel it has to show up as. You know, there's a beautiful line, um oh where is it? When I think of my holy relationships, I think of this. What is in him will shine so brightly 
in your grateful vision that you will merely love him and be glad. Um, and, and there's another sentence. Um, it will be giving you to see your brother's worth when all you want for him is peace. And what you want from him, you will receive. And again, it reminds me of when I release my brother from any demands that I would impose on him or my sister, I release myself too. Um, we, we are both no longer prisoners of our definitions of what a relationship would look like. And it's only in my um, gift of freedom to my brother that I receive my freedom as well. And the reminder or the remembrance and the recognition that we're all part of the love of God. And love cannot be lost or diminished unless I make up a rule <laughs> separate from the laws of God. Which, which may, a special rule that someone I hold to um, should appear like. I have to forgive all my definitions and allow the truth of the relationship to show up in my experience. And when I do that, it sure does shine brightly in my mind and heart. And, um, and just wish and extend the peace and love and joy and perfect happiness that God's will for all of us is. And, and when I remember to choose that, that law of God, that natural flow of giving and receiving shows up in, 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 any, in any brother or sister that, that I have a relationship with in this world. So um, it's a really beautiful of the, reminder of the wholeness of love and the certainty of love and the limitless nature of love and the um, eternal nature of love. Um, in this reading, so I'm complete. I just well, that was in my heart this morning, and I just wanted to share it. Thank you for listening. Boy, you nailed it too. You just thank stuck you. that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, yeah, thank you. That was really helpful. Thank you, Lana. Thank oh, you. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is Micah. I, uh, I I really appreciated the, this glow that Jesus' words created um, in that paragraph 41. It it just, I mean, I think it all, it, it's a passage that plays deep in all, all of us, but that little breath of eternity that runs through time like golden light is all the same, nothing before it, nothing afterwards. And then you look upon each holy instant as a different point in time. It never changes. Uh, And all that it ever held or will ever hold is here right now. And when that was read, um, it, uh, it just created that beautiful understanding of this wholeness that's bathing us and um, and how changeless it that that realm is that living realm that we share with God and with each other 
and it's just the essence of everything. And uh, I, w- I was surprised how easily it could be felt and perceived where sometimes I, I can hardly, I, I don't even know of it. But this morning, I was just so grateful that as it was being read, I could just, you know, like be a salt doll and dive in the Ganges. It just was happening naturally as uh, as the truth of what's here. And there, I didn't even need to do anything. Um, so that was that was quite quite delicious and then he he really uh it's a wonderful section about the holy relationship and this movement into a new kind of vision of this giving birth and giving birth to the christ um this shared consciousness and he and he highlights that you know this movement away from old ways of seeing and uh, yeah, we I kind of go a little resistant, and you know, with the heels kind of in the soil, kind of you know, resisting and being pulled along. And and, and um, I mean, some parts do. I like that. And uh, and he does that here. He's trying to let me let go of how I've for decades I've oriented this sense of being identified into a, a communication medium, this uh, skeletal, muscular thing that walks and breathes, and and it's an amazing device, that's for sure. And um, But it's, it was been totally identified into in an illusion of someone that's not the truth of what I, I am. And it, it, and yet that same sense of a s- small s self can become a beautiful communication medium for unity and for the Christ. And um, anyway, he 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 touches on this movement out of our old ways of seeing in paragraph forty-one. The Holy Spirit teaches that the body has no function. The minds need not the body to communicate. The sight that sees the body has no use which serves the purpose of a holy relationship. And I don't know about you, but when that was being read, I kind of had this little little uh, inner jarring because I, I, I've been in holy instances, very high places where I will look at, at another form, another person's body and see the Christ you know, expressing itself through that body, through the light in the eyes. And so I, I you know, it, it, kind of, it was a little jarring, but I'm understanding he's trying to move me into a deeper and deeper experience of this Christ consciousness, of this changeless dwelling place, of this one mind that we really are. And then he he touches on the body again, and, and um, down here in forty three, this is no gift your brother's body offers you. And yet, what uh, I, I'm so fortunate to have a sweet relationship uh, with Roz, and we we celebrate um, how the beauty and wonder of our forms in space time and. 
uh, yet we we also marvel at this love that's not uh, that does not originate from a separated self, and it seems to surprise us the way it flows naturally uh, through through us, and um, and that, uh, to me that's so rich. Uh, let's, let's see if there's um, there's some beautiful things in here, but um, maybe I'll let other people talk. And um, but there's a lot more. Okay, this is really beautiful about the holy relationship, and and moving into a shared identity and giving birth to the Christ as a. Uh, Again, it's a, like a divided attention. You know, one part of the awareness is looking in space-time and seeing the wonder of relationships in form. But at, at the other, uh, in the divided attention, the other part of the awareness is looking at this birth of this Christ child of a shared identity of the one mind and the, and the Holy Spirit's vision. And I just, I'll, I'll leave with this again something that's been so deep in my life and where Jesus says in the greater joining, the Holy Spirit is in both your minds and he is one because there is no gap that separates his oneness from him itself. The gap between your bodies matters not for what is joined in him is always one. And it's this movement into this, we are literally moving into the the Holy Spirit's vision. It's no longer the vision of a separated self. And he highlights that in the very last paragraph. Be comforted and feel the Holy Spirit watching over you in love and perfect confidence in what he sees. He knows the Son of God and shares his Father's certainty. The universe rests in his gentle hands in safety and in peace. And this vision is, uh, you know, just to, where he takes the broken pictures of the Son of God and, and, and brings it together in unity again. And um, anyhow, it's just so good. Thank you. Thank you, Micah. That was just marvelous. Excellent. Thanks, Micah. Oh, thank, thank you. Thank you, Micah. Thank you, Micah. Oh, thank you, Micah. Wonderful. Thank you, Jesus. And a great, <laughs> it was a great survey, um, underscoring uh, the essence of today's lesson. Love, which created me, is what I am. And we're glad to have Fran back with us today to lead our reflection on this lesson. Thank you, Fran. Thank you. Hi, everybody. We are in the second part of the workbook, and our theme, current theme, is what is forgiveness. Lesson for today, lesson 229, love which created me is what I am. So I'll read some from what is forgiveness. Forgiveness recognizes what you thought your brother did to you has not occurred. It does not pardon sins and makes them real. It sees there was no sin. And in this view are all your sins forgiven. What is sin except a false idea about God's Son? Forgiveness merely sees its falsity 
and therefore lets it go. With them is free to take its place is now the will of God. An unforgiving thought <clears throat> is one which makes a judgment that it will not raise to doubt, although it is not true. The mind is closed and will not be released. An unforgiving thought does many things. In frantic action, it pursues its goal, twisting and overturning what it sees as interfering with its chosen path. Distortion is its purpose and the means by which it would accomplish it as well. Forgiveness, on the other hand, is still and quietly does nothing. It offends no aspect of reality nor seeks to twist it to appearance that it likes. It merely looks and waits and judges not. He who would not forgive must judge, for he must justify his failure to forgive. But he who would forgive himself must learn to welcome truth exactly as it is. Do nothing then, and let forgiveness show you what to do through him who is your guide, <clears throat> your savior and defender, strong in hope and certain of your ultimate success. He has forgiven you already, for such is his function given him by God. Now must you share his function and forgive whom he has saved, whose sinlessness he sees and whom he honors as the son of God. And we'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 229, love which created me is what I am. I seek my own identity and find it in these words, quote, love which created me is what I am. Now need I seek no more. Love has prevailed. So still it waited for my coming home that I will turn away no longer from the holy face of Christ. And what I look upon attests the truth of the identity I sought to lose, which my Father has kept safe for me. Father, my thanks to you for what I am, for keeping my identity untouched and sinless in the midst of all the thoughts of sin my foolish mind made up. And thanks to you for saving me from them. Amen. We'll take a moment and reflect on this. Lesson 229. Love which created me is what I am. Father, my thanks to you for what I am, for keeping my identity untouched and sinless in the midst of all the thoughts of sin my foolish mind made up. 
and thanks to you for saving me from them. Lesson 229, love which created me is what I am. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. That's just lovely, friend. Oh, thank, thank you, friend. Oh, thank you, guys. Thank you, friend. Pretty wonderful to me. It's Lee. Pretty wonderful to me how often there's this almost random tie-in between the lessons and the readings. Here we have, in this lesson, mention of how it's given me to remember my identity. I think you guys have heard me speak before of how um, central to the Course are the six or eight references to the memory of my identity as the goal of the Course, to remember my identity and to remember God. And I've spoken about how those two things, as I read them in the Course, are one movement, that in one moment, one blessed, holy moment, it's given me to experience the recall of what I am. And in that recall, I understand the nature of, of uh, who, who my Creator is and his, his magnitude and His great love in, in authoring what I come to know in that moment of all of my magnitude. Um, it's just uh, it's an explosion of, of awareness that reaches out and sweeps everything up in recognition, acknowledgement, and gratitude. Um, it's it's a it's a um, stupendous movement um, of splendor that he describes as the memory of my identity, and his term for what I then look out and see, his term for that is to then look out and behold everywhere the, the face of Christ. I see in everyone the face of Christ. I see uh, the risen, restored nature of everyone in reflection of my awareness of, of um, the restored um, uh, memory of, of what I am. Um, I see in myself the face of Christ, that innocence and unity, and see in everyone restored that face of Christ. And the tie-in that I'm speaking of comes in this beautiful, beautiful section we're given here today and its reference to the face of Christ. I call it beautiful twice because right here in the in the middle of chapter 20, the poetry begins to overtake prose so much that it's really hard to miss. Yvonne, while you were reading your paragraph, I could almost feel that you were overtaken with the poetry that concludes that uh, paragraph that you read. And um, if I'm not mistaken, the one that caught my attention um, in that sense from you was paragraph 40. And that um, beautiful way that it concludes when it says, who would see the face of Christ and yet insist that judgment still has meaning? 
for this insistence is of those who do not see. Vision or judgment is your choice, but never both of these. I don't know if you guys can hear what he begins to introduce with the intra-line rhyming and the pace and uh, the repetition of, of notions. But who would see the face of Christ and yet insist that judgment still has meaning? For this insistence is of those who do not see. Vision or judgment is your choice, but never both of these. Um, it's just clean, clean poetry and, um, and um, introduces the idea that having come to the recognition of my identity in any um, holy moment, to have my sense of self lifted from um, frailty and, and littleness and delivered uh, to magnitude and grandeur and to see in that movement this new vision where everything stands out uh, glorious and revealed. Um, uh, my brother then seen uh, beyond all that I had made of him when I stuffed his magnitude into the space and time of a single body seeing my brother released from that and understanding how little and how limited is the body in the sense of all that he represents in this moment, in this glorious moment with me, as we both unite in unity with everything we've ever experienced or seen. That's an encompassment that you can see what it does to just blow away the sense of embodiment in any limited sense and my relationship then having seen the face of Christ my relationship with the body is to no longer think of the body as the container of this brother but as that light frame of holiness that represents his presence to me and across this universe this universe that I'm told uh, at the end of this section, I come to understand um, has always been held in safety and unity. That last paragraph in reference to the universe says, Holy Spirit knows the Son of God and shares his Father's certainty. The universe rests in his gentle hands in safety and in peace this is um this is um an order of awareness of perfect unity and harmony um that i begin to ascribe to the creator of the universe as he's described in the last second to last third last third to last sentence of this reading i come to know the nature of the creator of the universe and my place in his creation and how exalted is my place in this acknowledged sense of what every precious moment holds as its truth and i come back to the face of christ enough to mention that um that second 
reference to the face of Christ is in 42, where he says, here is the loveliness of your relationship with means and end in perfect harmony. Here, and he's describing the, the consequence of having come to a, the deliverance of a holy instant where the memory of my identity is restored to me. Here is the perfect faith that you will one day offer to each other already offered you. That, by the way, I just want to linger for a moment with, it's a perfect line of poetry. Here is the perfect faith that you will offer to each other, offered you. The perfect faith that you will one day offer to each other, already offered you. And he continues, here the limitless forgiveness you will give each other, already given. The face of Christ you yet will look upon, already seen. Um, this, this face of Christ and its representation of, um, of how I ascribe to everyone I see this, um, this wild um, recognition of perfect purity and innocence as I'm delivered to a place where I can come to ascribe the innocence to this brother that I've recognized God has always ascribed to me. That in that perfect purity, there's no place, as he describes in this section, there's, there's nothing in me that could hold judgment. I'll just return to that first mention of the face of Christ and what he imparts here in this reference, who would see, this is in paragraph 40, guys, who would see the face of Christ and yet insist that judgment still has meaning? For this insistence is of those who do not see. Vision or judgment is your choice, but never both of these. Isn't that marvelous? One other thought. When he begins to speak to me of a breath of eternity that runs through time like golden light, another of these beautiful poetic sentences, this is the sentence that ends 41. The little breath of eternity that runs through time like golden light is all the same. Nothing before it, nothing afterwards. When he speaks to me of the consequence of the holy instant, delivering me past all that I have made of time and imagined time to be in a flat and linear way. And when I come to understand that the holy instant is the single instant of the eternal sanctity of God's creation, as he describes when he introduces the holy instant, in chapter 15. When he introduces my experience of the holy instant as um, 
surpassing everything I've imagined time to be in that flat and linear sense, I come to recognize that the holy instant is an enormity of experience whose word he uses to describe it is eternity. I'm delivered into an experience of eternity that surpasses my prior experience of linear time. I'm not delivered to someplace called eternity. I'm not threatened to be swept away by something thought of as eternity. I come to know this single instant as my deliverance into the fullness of an experience that he uses eternity to describe. The little breath of eternity that runs through time, like golden light, is all the same. Nothing before it, nothing afterwards. That defeats my linear sense of past and future being what time's about with this moment being almost entirely overlooked and overtaken by the immensity of the baggage the past delivers to the future. I can escape that. Um, and, his, and his description of the holy instant is both how I escape time and it's how I'm delivered to the, uh, the enormity of the experience of what's true about me and about everything. One last thought, and I'll close with this. When he speaks of the end of time to me, he speaks to me of the end of my being held captive to a notion of time that is distant from what I'll experience of time when I'm delivered to the experience in this holy present moment of eternity. When I'm delivered to the experience of eternity as the little breath that runs through time like golden light to completely alter my experience of time the old sense of time comes to an end and a new sense of what each moment offers me arises in my awareness. Thanks so much, guys. I'm complete. Well, you pulled all the threads again, Lee. Thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Lee. It was a golden thread, Lee. Thank you. Yep. Thank you, Lee. I, I especially liked uh, the description of my brother's body being the light frame of holiness, the light frame of holiness. I love that. Thank you so much for your um, understanding. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that attention. I'm, I'm glad that um, I'm glad that that's from the first part of chapter 25, Robin Murray. Uh, first several, three or four paragraphs of 25. Very beautiful that way. Thanks, dear. Thanks, everyone. Thank you, Lee. I was transported into eternity <laughs> for a moment. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, boy. Well spoken, Lee. Thank you. Thanks, my brother.
Why those first three lines of paragraph 42 are enormous. Would anyone be willing to just read those first three uh, sentences that end with here then is everything? I'll read it. You said 42. Yes. Thanks, Harrison. Good morning. Good morning. You look upon each holy instant as a different point in time. It never changes. All that it ever held or will ever hold is here right now. The past takes nothing from it, and the future will add no more. Here, then, is everything. Thank you so much, Harrison. What an amazing statement that just lifts me out of the present moment. and takes me to a place that has no boundaries, no past, no future, just an eternal now. Amazing place to be. reminds me of the lesson of which created me is what I am. Nothing else, just love. It eliminates the bodily experience. Totally eliminates it. I don't have to bother with that. I'm complete. Thank, Thank you, Harrison. You. Boy. Thank you, Harrison. Thank you, Harrison. Oh. That was beautiful, Harrison. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, Lee, too, for what Reverend Marie said. That was bringing my chimes, <laughs> the frame of holiness that around your brother's spirit, um, that we can't see the spirit, is so obvious, right? Um, but still here in this paragraph that Harrison was reading, um, here then is everything. Here is the loveliness of your relationship with means and end in perfect harmony already. And I just love it. That was ringing my chimes too. The means and the end, the means that God has given me to be restored to the awareness of my true identity, my home in heaven, um, the kingdom of God is 
perfectly united and perfectly protected and the means that he has given me the um the vision the holy eyes of christ christ-mindedness to look on the christ face in in god's holy creation and the holy spirit the one voice to hear god's voice the call for love for love to be itself and you know the lesson today that Love created me like itself. My heart beats in the heart of love that created me in the heart of peace and 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 joy. And you know, I I studied studied and studied the the um the lesson, and that was a major bell ringer for me too. That um, time and time again, right from the start, that there is only the love of God that we have mistakenly used the word love for interpersonal relationships. And although that may be a quote-unquote form of it, it's not the real thing. It's not the capital R reality of what the love of God is. And there's a significant distinction to be made in the, the heart of my metaphorical body beating, heart beating in the heart of God is huge. That's huge, huge. <laughs> where my magnitude is, where my strength is, where my light comes from, my unshakable peace comes from, and or all my joy and my joining and sharing in my oneness. The awareness of the presence of God in and as everything. And it's so, it's just so huge as heroes of eternity and, you know, practicing the holy instant, another means. Practicing holy encounters, another means. Practicing of the holy relationship, another means. And the means and the end in perfect harmony already. Here is then everything. Here then is everything. You know, the lessons of the Holy Spirit. To have all, give all to all. This is how I restore my awareness to being everything. Practice peace to know you are peace. You know, be vigilant for the united united power of the kingdom of God. All power is of God. I can't make myself little. I, I may think I can, but I can't. I am undistortable, and I am unchangeable. And I can't make myself wrong. It's, it's, I'm perfect. And will is my will? There is only God's will. Am, am I going to argue with God? <laughs> Here, seeking ends. I love that in the daily lesson where it speaks of that. The search is over. I am what I am seeking. I am the love that I am seeking. And everything outside of me, every desire outside of me, every longing outside of me to make myself complete is within me. Ergo I go. Here I go. Thank you all for completing me. I, amen. Holy joy to you today. <laughs> but, that gave me holy goosebumps. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that was so spot on. <laughs> Thank Thanks you, Judy. so much, Judy. Thank you, Judy.
You know, uh, this, this is Ellen Ruta Joy. Whoops. Sorry. Oh, go ahead, Ramona. You go ahead. No, 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 no. I've already oh, seen you. Go ahead. Oh, okay, uh, real quick, um, because this uh, section, um, you know, eternity, you know, the heralds of eternity, uh, eternity is saving my butt these days, and my sister, my twin sister and I talk often these days because we get inundated with um, with the goings on in, in, the, in the outside of, seemingly outside of us, that impacts everything. It impacts everyone. It impacts the trees and the animals and the, everything, it seems. So anyway, we talk a lot. And the one thing that we keep coming back to is eternity and immortality. And I think Harrison, um, you know, expressed it beautifully. And I think it touches him, him as well and probably a lot of us because it just resonates for me with what is true, like only love is real, timeless, changeless love. That paragraph, and that Judy mentioned it too, you know, where it says, here is everything. And that's why this paragraph, this, this paragraph 42 stuck, stuck out for me, you know, because it's already happened. We're like moaning and groaning, oh, what can I do to, you know, save the world? But it, it's already happened, you know, to come from that place of harmony that, and peace that is already the truth is so incredible. And that's where we got, I think, that's where I get my strength from. You know, it says, and here the limitless forgiveness you will give each other, already given. The face of Christ you yet will look upon already seen. So it's okay. <laughs> Everything's okay. All is well, right? So anyway, that's what I wanted to share. <laughs> um, I'm complete. Really nice. Thanks, Thank everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Ms. Lana? I just wanted I just wanted to thank Fran and I'm to tell her I'm glad she's feeling better and I'm glad she's back. Thank you, Fran. Ditto here. Yes, here, here. <laughs> um, I agree. Mm. So wonderful to know that you're well and with us. Um, oh, anyway, you. you know, you know, what I was going to um, share was that, um, as you were sharing, Judy, I I was thinking of this uh, in course of love. Um, recently reading about degrees of separation, you know, and, and sometime, you know, the truth, there's no degrees in reality. It's, it's constant and always present. And uh, the veil can become so thin that it's almost like you can reach out and touch God. And, and it's an experience. It is like an explosion, of love and and Jesus all, always reminds me whenever a worry pops up in my mind <laughs> to step at a time and rest my mind with him and he's just um, 
guided me to point my awareness to this present moment because when my alignment with God um, is fixed in my mind, um, I, you know, it's like there may look like 100,000 problems in the world and relationships and everything, but with that one, doing that one thing, aligning my mind with God, and in that one instant of healing, then the outward picture just naturally becomes loving. It's all-encompassing for me when, when that happens. It's, it's like, what problems? Where? What grievances? They're nowhere. <laughs> they just naturally disappear because love rises and it colors the world, it colors relationships, it, it just um, purifies my mind. And, and it's, it's that remembrance of just pause, that sacred pause for a moment, for a holy instant, step out of time, come home to me in this holy instant of now. Um, and, it, and it reminds me that's where all the goodies are found. It's where I ask for forgiveness. It's where the healing happens. It's, it's where the holy instances occur. It's where I remember the Christ and my brothers. It's, it's, um, it, it, it just gives me a clear picture. You know, it reminds me of that time when I first, as a child, first acquired glasses for distance and the whole world changed for me it wasn't blurry and distorted it was some clarity you know and it brought me clarity for the first time and it was like an oh wow the world is much different than i thought it was so anyhow now is a happening place you know <laughs> lots of good stuff there <laughs> i'm complete thank you lana now. Thank you, Lana. So good. Thank you, Anna. Thank yeah, you, Anna. Today's uh, lesson title does that for me. It just it just focuses me uh, away from any distractions whatsoever. It keeps me aligned with spirit. I'm complete. Uh, thank you, Harrison. Thanks, Harrison. That was a lovely share. Thanks, Lana. Oh, thank you. I uh, thank you, Harrison. It surely does. Thank you, Harrison. Um, ran across something in Course of Love the other day that's just almost a little, little tiny disappearing line, but it contains the truth in both of these works, and it's almost at the very beginning of the work. Clear back in Chapter Two of A Course of Love, it says, "Creation is love's effect, as you are." Isn't that phenomenal? Creation is love's effect as you are. And um, for me, with without the atonement, without a holy instant, I could never, ever, ever have landed on that realization. 
I came across something in the manual for teachers the other day. It's another little tiny embedded idea in um, in the section called Is Reincarnation True? But it contains the essence of what he means by this holy instant, the way he talks about it here in this section. Almost at the end of this work, he says, the emphasis of this course always remains the same. It is at this moment that complete salvation is offered to you. And it is at this moment that you can accept it. This is still your one responsibility. Atonement might be equated with total escape from the past and total lack of interest in the future. Heaven is here. There is nowhere else. Heaven is now. There is no other time. Isn't that phenomenal? I need to be concerned with nothing else. It's why, and this lesson underscores it too, it's why you cannot really give anything but love to anyone, nor can you really receive anything but love from anyone or anything. When the split in my mind is healed, I realize how many upside-down ideas I had that were a consequence of that split. Not, not the least of which is I forgot who I am. I forgot that love created me like itself. A whole world, your whole world, he says, turns on the idea that there is anything other than love. Over and over and over, he says it, in Course of Love especially, it's almost a refrain um, in every chapter. Cause and effect are one, means and end are one, giving and receiving are one. And in... Um, in that holy instant um, that restored to me my right mind, it was wordless, formless, lightless, uh, emptiness in which I felt the touch of the mind of God on my own mind and heart. And it was, as I say, wordless, but it was no less a transmission. It ended with words. Two, two phrases. I am home. I am home. And all of this, all of this that went before is because you believed there was something opposite love. All of, all of this is a consequence that I believe there was something other than love that I could give or receive anything but love. Oh, there's so much more to talk about, but um, I'm going to say this today. I love, 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 love this last paragraph. 
the tantalizing um, invitation that's embedded in that paragraph that says, oh, my child, there's one thing you forgot. And this I want to give you. What must, what must he, that's me, what must I be that the creator of the universe should offer all of it to him and know it rests in safety? He looks upon himself not as his father knows him. And yet it is impossible the confidence of God should be misplaced. I can't say any more about that without losing um, the ability to speak about it. But you know what? What must we learn? What must we learn? It's this. In chapter 31, behold your role within the universe. To every part of true creation has the Lord of love and life entrusted all salvation from the mystery of misery of hell. We're entrusted with that. And to each one, he has allowed the grace to be a savior of the holy ones, the holy ones, especially entrusted to his care. You know, he didn't say, I've chosen you to teach the kingdom to the miserable, lost, and lonely. He said, I've entrusted you to teach the kingdom to the kingdom. I've called you to teach the kingdom to the kingdom. He's trusted us. To each one, he has allowed the grace to be a savior to the holy ones especially trusted to his care. And this he learns. What must I learn? And this he learns. When first he looks upon one brother as he looks upon himself and sees the mirror of himself in him. <laughs> Thus is the concept of himself laid by. For nothing stands between his sight and what he looks upon to judge what he beholds. And in this single vision does he see the face of Christ and understands he looks on everyone as he beholds this capital one. For there is light where darkness was before and now the veil is lifted from his sight. This is what we are to each other. And for that I am so grateful. And I wouldn't want anyone not to know this. Anyway, amen. And I thank you all for joining here every morning. We are beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Laurie. Thank you, Laurie. That was gorgeous. Yes. Well done.